In May 1940, RNLI crews from Ramsgate and Margate joined a fleet of little ships for one of the Second World War's greatest rescues, Operation Dynamo at Dunkirk. In this episode, we hear from Stanley E. Holtham, who, along with his school friend Peter, found himself joining the heroic effort to evacuate Allied soldiers at just eight years old. I was uh, visiting Tough Brothers Boatyard in Teddington at the end of May in 1940. And at that time, uh, I was a stowaway, quote unquote, on one of the rescue cabin cruisers that was sent over to Dunkirk to evacuate the British Expeditionary Force from France. By May of 1940, um, in fact those first years of the war were very quiet years, quiet in terms of um, there was no bombing, there was a lot of preparation going on in things like building of shelters, gas masks, everything else like that. But uh, there was no real sense, I certainly didn't have any sense, I I believe, (laughs) uh, of danger to the extent that uh, maybe we should have had. And we certainly, because of the means of communication then, we didn't really have the uh, knowledge of what was going on uh, with uh, forces overseas. It's not like you look at the television and you get minute by minute account of what's happening around the world type thing. And uh, I was going to school here at uh, what was then they called the St. Mary and St. Peter's School. I was uh, with a school friend, had some school friends there, and uh, one of my school friends' name was uh, Peter. Now, Peter who? I have no idea. I've tried now for, ever since I've been trying to research this, uh, find out who Peter was and that, but I can tell you a lot about him and what he did. Um, My mother had allowed me to go home with Peter and uh, stay overnight with him. I think we were going to school the next day, well, whatever it might have been, and uh, that was going to be it. Well, that afternoon, Peter said, I've got to go down to the uh, boatyard down on the river to meet my father. And uh, went over to what's now Tuff, well, what was then Tuff's boatyard. We walked down there and there was, it was, it was like a mad frenzy. There were, they were pulling things off boats. They were unhooking boats. They were tying up boats, lashing them together. They were throwing cushions off to the side. Uh, it was just, it's like, what earth's going on? What's going on? And uh, so he found his father, but he was a nice man, I, I remember. Peter's father, I remember, said to us, um, come on, you boys, get on the boat. We've got to take those downriver. And so it was in the, I remember it was late afternoon, because it was getting dark you get down below and uh, stay down there he said we got to t- i got to take the boat down river and we'll be back 
Well, I remember it was dark. Uh, I'm sure we went to sleep. <laughs> but I can remember all these boats being lashed together, uh, lashed three or four together in a row, and then three or four deep. And there was a tugboat, one of the old tugboats, pulled the whole boats down the river. And we went all the way down the river. Um, past, I remember going under Tower Bridge. I do remember that because that was, that was impressive to me to see Tower Bridge, you know. I uh, had never seen, never been to London before and there was Tower Bridge. So, but that was pretty, it was dark by that time. Um, and uh, we went on down the river. We uh, finally finished up, as I find out now, at uh, Ramsgate, whereas supposedly they were going to hand over the boats at uh, Shrewbrunes or South End or somewhere there. And the um, Royal Navy was supposed to take them over, and they were going to use them, of course, eventually for, for the evacuation at Dunkirk, which we knew nothing about, of course. And uh, so he said, you boys stay down below, get down below. So we were, Peter and I were down under here somewhere. And uh, he, he went on shore there at Ramsgate and he came back. And uh, I remember there was one Navy medic with him. And he said, uh, there's not enough I remember him telling Peter, he was probably talking to Peter, not to me. He said, there's not enough people to take the boats over. He said, and uh, I volunteered to take our boat over. And uh, I think just probably about that time, he was pretty embarrassed that he had two young boys on board. And uh, his decision then was to hide the boys and uh, take the boat over. And so we went uh, that night. Um, I can remember that because I remember going out of, on, the, on the channel. I remember it wasn't too bad. It was a little bumpy, but it wasn't too bad. And uh, eventually, I'm sure we went to sleep until early morning. I remember waking up, and the thing that woke me up. I know. I know what it was. Now it was the uh, Stukas, the uh, dive bombers dropping the bombs on the little boats as they are coming into the shore on Dunkirk. Um, and there was, you just, as you looked out, you I mean, you can't help but look out, you know, you're not that confined there. And uh, seeing these just looked like nothing but just uh, a flock of boats, just like a flock of birds all over on the sea, all the little boats. And as you looked ahead, the, I, I can remember, it's so vivid in my mind now, vivid what I thought looked like a, um, a string of ants winding their way down the beach. You know, you could see the sand beach ahead of you because being these boats, you can get in, got in much closer, you see, than you could with, because most of them had... Uh, outboard motors and you could lift the outboard motor and you could move the, so close to the shore and uh, of course as we got closer I could you could see what they were you know they were men and uh, there were some they were 
wounded, some you know, were carrying on their shoulders, and and they were wading out into the water, and um, so Peter's father um, said, you know, we're going to take some men, we're going to put some soldiers on. I remember him saying that, and uh, said, you boys help. So that when we were allowed out of the out of the cubby hole and up to the top of the boat, and uh, of course we, you know. I don't think we did much more than probably take their weapons from them and help them. You know, Peter's father was helping them up from the side of the boat. We took about uh, 10 or 12 soldiers on there. They were, some were laying on the deck, uh, some, the wounded ones. We we had sort of slap beds on either side in the inside of the thing. And I remember he said, you boys get up. He said, we're going to lay some soldiers down there. And we laid a couple of wounded down there. The medic was treating them. He was trying to bandage them up and one didn't make it. I do remember that. That was quite an experience to see the first first man I ever saw die, I think. And um, so we came back. We finally got the boat. He said, uh, we're, we're going back now. Get down to Asim. Bought some water for some tea for these men, you know. So we were boiling water. He had a little uh, stove some type there and uh, we had uh, water boiled. And Of course, they always have their tea and he had his mugs there, tea mugs. Or... And so we were, you know, with the soldiers there and uh, they were, of course, happy, to, but they were pretty beaten, dilapidated by that time. We came back and uh, I think we got back about... Um, uh, afternoon. I know it's still daylight anyhow and the reason I know this is because uh, when we got back into Ramsgate um, we had a, a smoother passage coming back but um, it was uh, the whole time we were there the uh, German Air Force really had monopoly over the airspace over the Dunkirk beach, beachhead uh, the RAF was really, had been there, but the RAF had limited resources and they were really worrying about the aircraft that had, were following not only the ships into Dover, but also trying to protect the English coast. And so they had stayed mostly closer to the Dover coast than they had to the French coast. And of course, they couldn't have done very much because they didn't want to shoot at their own people, ships and that, they're being down below. So the Germans were were pretty ruthless. Um, they had some shore guns that were firing. It was um, a couple of hours there, I guess, we were there. And it was, uh, I think now to this day, how come we, we never got hit, you know, because a lot of the ships did get hit, of course. A lot of the little boats got hit. And uh, so we came back to uh, Ramsgate. We got back there about middle of the afternoon, as much as I remember now. And uh, Peter's father went in and they got the troops off of the boat and uh, they were, what they were doing, they were doing a sort of a triage on them, seeing who was needing medical attention. Those that didn't, they, uh, they put on troop trains and uh, were shipping them straight out of Ramsgate up to London. And once they got a troop uh, train load, they shipped them on top. And... Uh, so Peter came back, and here we were still on the boat. And Peter's father came back, and uh, 
he said, uh, you boys, he said, uh, um, Peter, he told Peter this, I'm sure he said, I'm going to send you, get you sent back home, he said, uh, to London. He said, uh, I've got to go back again. He made arrangements for us, and this is this is where the, the only humour of that, that whole period comes in. They gave us a, uh, a travel warrant for two children. <laughs> Peter showed me this, and it didn't have our names on it, it just said two children. Ramsgate to Teddington. And where did we go? We, we were on the troop train. <laughs> You know, in my later years, I was in combat uh, quite a bit in uh, Southeast Asia. I spent three years over there and uh, I saw a lot of that uh, sort of horrible bloodshed that goes on in warfare. And uh, I became very hardened. Uh, I, think, I think I was indoctrinated I still believe that that experience in, when I was eight years old uh, stayed with me for the rest of my life. Hello, it's uh, Ben Ainsley here. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.